Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm rapidly closing in on collection level 1,000. Roughly half of a Tony Riccio. Wow. <laughs> well, half of a Tony Riccio of like yeah, weeks whenever, ago. Or when, yeah, whenever <laughs> he said he was at 2,000, which yeah. is a long time ago. Uh, I'm I'm Jay, and I, I did some test clothes fittings to figure out uh, what to wear for some upcoming trips and was happy to see that I shrunk back down to fit into some shirts that didn't fit in May. So that was, that was nice. 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 Uh, I'm Josh and on a clothing related comment, the Blarney store or whatever, man, they delivered fast. And I'm really sad that I am probably going to wait till actual Christmas for my wife to open them, but I'm super jazzed for what I ordered. And, um, I have mixed emotions now about taking a family trip for Christmas because <laughs> after this recording with my co-hosts, my family, we will be starting a journey, which is funny since I just got home from a journey. But anyway, we'll be we're going to take a week trip to the Redwood Forests and my my mixed emotions are like I under, I know I remembered while we were packing why I just want all my kids to come home. Because I had to pick board games to try to like fit into the suitcases, you know. And if they would just come home, I got the whole library there to pull from. So like, I don't think I'm taking John Company on vacation with me, and it's breaking my heart. So did um, did you guys end up picking vegan sushi as one of your uh, meal options in San Francisco? Uh, I I'm, I can't truthfully say that we've picked anything. Yes, yes. I probably better get that. Some of those things, I probably better make a couple reservations. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's still (laughs) it's still in the possibility space, Jay. So what did what did you order your your wife on Blarney.com? Uh oh man, let me see if I can. I mean, basically like a cool a cool knit cap and scarf, and then just this like really I thought it was a really cool looking sweater. I. I should find what they called it. They called it an Aaron Cable hood. Mm-hmm, yep. Aaron Cable hooded coat again. Yes, it's a coat again. But <laughs> that's the one that I'm like, oh. A, a what? A coat like again. coat, I-G-A-N, right? I don't, what is that a, a mesh of, Jay? Coat and cardigan, probably? Yeah, yeah. That's probably right. You're probably right, Trevor. Anyway, I'm like, this thing, this is the one that I'm like, Maybe she needs to open that and take it with us to San Francisco, uh, you know, because right, yeah, it's just yeah. chilly enough there that it feels like a coat again would be the right kind of a thing to be wearing. That's fair. 
I might break. Uh, I might has, break between now and this evening. And be like, has, you need to open this, dear. When, when, are you, when are you guys getting back? We we get back on next Friday, so the twenty third. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, Trevor, does does your wife know yet that you're going to be presentless at Christmas? Um, she's aware. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I the funny thing is like I might end up that way too Trevor not quite as deliberately as you but like again because this trip is happening before Christmas and like ah. our our family has a tradition that we started a few years back called Yolo Boca Flood where we draw names and everybody you get the person that you drew a name a book and we spend usually we do it on Christmas Eve we spend a portion of that evening just reading the new books that everybody got together right uh-huh. And my wife has me, and uh, I I know for a fact that she hasn't gotten the book yet. And I was packing up because we're gonna we're gonna open it on this trip because because my kids we won't be together on Christmas Eve and Christmas this year. Like uh, uh, one of them works the holiday, and and the other one's gonna be with her her in laws. You know, blah blah blah. And so we're gonna we're gonna open the books a couple days early while we're still on the trip. And uh, <laughs> Anyway, my wife made a comment last night that gave me 99% certainty she has not only not even thought about the book to get me, like, certainly has not. And uh, and that may be the case for other presents, too. Uh, so so my wife, basically, um, she made a mad dash scramble to... I, I will not be presentless, but I'm, I have a pretty good idea of what she bought. Um, so it, I'll get, like, you know, the equivalent of the Christmas socks and tie. Nice, nice. It won't quite be Gift of the Magi level tragedy. So, yeah, that's good, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty tough to, to reach that level. <laughs> well, so things with uh, Discount Games Inc., um, the new uh, Song of Ice and Fire minis are in stock, uh, as is the new uh, Boba Fett Daimyo uh model for Star Wars Legion and the Siege of Coruscant pack for X-Wing. So check all those out. We we also, of course, have the new releases for um, Games Workshop. Uh, so check those out as well. Um, I also, I have a I have a quick rant I have to share okay. about. I could feel the rant coming. The change of tone was terrifying. <laughs> the The latest you know, trend in the gaming industry. And I mean, it, it's, it makes sense. It's fine. Whatever, I guess. But so previously you would, if the manufacturer messed up your uh, product and it had a defect, something was missing, etc. cetera. Uh, previously you would contact the manufacturer and they would mail out something to you. And a lot of um, companies have changed that policy now to where, if there's an issue, you're supposed to contact the retailer. And so now I am the, you know, returns department. The point of the spear. Yeah, for for fixing these issues. And what are you supposed to? I, this 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 bugs me too because what are you supposed to do with it? I'm in general, what I'm supposed to do is give the person a new game or a new product. And then do you return the old product to the manufacturer? Or do they just uh, write it off? Write it off with you? It de- you so, like, if it's Games Workshop, they they're just like, okay, cool. Here's a credit. If it's and and there's you don't have to return anything. Um, 
if it's Asmodee, I have to send a picture of it. And then they're like, okay, cool. Here's a credit. Um, what a pain and, in the butt. That is a pain in the butt for everyone, honestly. I would rather contact the manufacturer and get a replacement from direct from them. I mean, it on the plus side, I mean, assuming I have it in stock, which a lot of times I do, but it's not a foregone conclusion that it's not sold out. Right. Um, they will get it faster for me than from Games Workshop because, <laughs> you know, their shipping times are in weeks right now. Um, but the part that's annoying to me is that I, you know, my previous sales rep, I would, with games workshop, he would give me a credit for, you know, the cost of the item. And he would also, if it was an online customer, he would give me a credit for the shipping cost. And evidently, and, and now he's, he's gone on to greener pastures, not with the company anymore. And, uh, evidently he was just using like his discretionary powers as a sales rep to do that. And my new sales rep is like, I, I can't give you a refund for the shipping costs. You just have to eat that. And so now anytime games workshop makes a mistake, I'm the you, one who pays pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, which I mean, whatever I, I, I mean, how do you pass that on to the consumer? The raises prices. Just yeah. General, I, actually right? the, the, the most, common solution that I'll do with it is I'll contact the um, customer and be like, you know, is there, were, was there anything else you were planning on ordering that I can throw this in with? Uh, if so, great. If not, I'm more than happy to ship it out on its own. And, and in most cases, some the people will order something else for me to uh, ship it with. And so, you know, that's, that's nice of them, but it's just, the whole that whole process is uh, a, a pet peeve of mine currently. <laughs> <laughs> Justifiably. All right. So I, we we talked behind the paywall about us being old men. We're going to continue uh, <laughs> that topic. And last Saturday we got up at six something in the morning to play board games with each other <laughs> because. <laughs> That's what old, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the o- the only step we haven't taken yet is that they're they're not either like a you know push the chits around war game right Jay or an eighteen uh, yeah. XX rail simulator. That's that's probably the only step left we have to level well, up fully. I mean, to old men. Really, I we we need to start doing some estate planning or something, but make sure that. Uh, the final step is that we're in a retirement home together. <laughs> oh gosh, you're talking my language. I I stare at my my new IRA that I just created for my old 401k every day and go, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sorry Jay. For a minute there, I was thinking of estate planning the game, which I think you know, <laughs> Obsession is the board game that we should probably consider for that, but. Uh... Yeah, actual estate planning, you know, don't get me started. That's poof, that's a hobby of mine. I love that stuff. <laughs> Brian does feel very strongly that when it's time for us to, uh, you know, sell our house, sell DGI, you know, whatever, that he wants us to end up in Hawaii, which uh, I can't really fault him for wanting to be. <laughs> gone from, from the Idaho winters. So <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a good trade for him. So I I signed up to come play 
uh, John Company with my dear friends. I knew really nothing about the game uh, heading into it. And, of course, did not watch any videos or anything in prep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's the classic game that we're going yeah, Classic. That's, that's the game that we're going to uh, review and talk about. Um, and before we... I'm, I'm kind of curious, real quick, as an intro to this. First off, can you give a quick definition of the terms uh, Eurogame and Ameritrash, and then where you think this falls? Hmm. Uh, so my, if I were to define definition, or if I were to define uh, <laughs> Eurogames, I would define as like uh, dry-themed, um, very... Um, what am I trying to say? Like low randomized, um, you know, high strategy games is kind of the broadest definition of um, Eurogame to me. And Ameritrash, I would call like heavily themed, you know, um, a lot of luck and, um, you know, lower strategic or decisions required. That's pretty broad, but is that a fair broad definition on both of them? And, uh, and I, sure, sure. I think it's a good question, and I think that this actually leans more to, into the Ameritrash column. I think. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow my definitions from Board Game Geek from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think they pretty much follow along what Josh has said. Um, Ameritrash, a random element, awful, often follows player decisions, often determining how successful or effective those decisions were. In Euro games, um, any random elements usually occur before players make to their decisions, so they generally know the consequences of their actions. Um, you know, you in Euro games, you're you have set outcomes and you have more choices usually. Um, Ameritrash games generally have more theme and the outcomes are not necessarily determined and and um you know no game i think fits perfectly within those silos um anymore mm. i think they're yeah. kind of on a scale um and certainly so i think the trash games have evolved somewhat i don't think that, yeah, yeah. that that's completely fair anymore the so the thing that kind of surprised me about this game is that you know i get there i find out that the theme of the game is that we are going to be trying to run the, the East India trading company and that that's basically what, what the game is. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is a dry, boring theme that is going to be a, a Euro game. It's, it's, you know, right up there with we're, we're trading spices in the Mediterranean. Yeah. It's definitely the kind of theme you would see on a Euro, right? Yes. Um, but then we get into the game, and it has a lot more randomization than a, uh, a what I would consider a pure Euro game to, to normally be. Um, so there's there's a lot of times you take an action, and then you roll a d6 to determine the outcome of the action. And, and some of these dice rolls are, like, critically important. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like not make like... make or break the entire company, basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and also like um you know at the start of the game everyone is gets basically there's all these these starting roles or positions or duties etc offices yeah, yeah. yes that 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 get divvied out randomly uh, at least I'm assuming that it's random is that correct 
It is random. Yes, there is, is a variant where you can draft them. Oh, okay. Uh, that would make sense. But if it also, and maybe, maybe this is probably my inexperience with the game, but it feels like people could have very different um, starting strengths in, in the game. Yes, Basically. especially with the random, especially with the yes. random default. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter so, of fact, well, Trevor and I will, I guess maybe we'll talk about it in a minute, but we did play a second time and yeah. uh, Trevor and I saw some of that happen. I'm not, so I'm going to, I'm going to counter that a little bit by saying, I actually think that, that with experience, I think some of those starting sure. cards that get dealt out are a little more balanced than maybe we initially believed. Um, they, they balance the, the position that they're giving you with the amount of money they give you. So depending on which set of cards you get, you might end up with a lot of money or you might end up with a lot more power. That's and if, true. if, if you do not know how to use that power to your advantage, mm-hmm. then definitely the stronger cards are the money cards early on. Um, so yes, I think that I'm especially probably the first, and this is a complex game. Uh, I think the first couple of times, maybe maybe even three or four times you play the game, you will not be in a position where you know exactly what to do with those roles. Yeah, I mean, it's um, games that have strategic depth. Um, it, I don't really think it's fair to say, like, you know, this, other than it does impact your enjoyment potentially, but, um, you know, I can't say if a game is balanced on a complex game after a few plays when... You know, I, I don't know the strategic depth or the ways to uh, fight the imbalances or whatever. So yeah, right. Yeah, great point. Yeah, and and I will say that while I agree with you that there's so I, especially because so the the main mechanic of the game is that you roll d6 as Jay mentioned, and you're looking for ones or twos to succeed. Um, threes or fours um, don't succeed, but they don't. They're on a major failure, and then fives and sixes are a major failure, and you take the lowest die out of a number of dice and you can buy more dice to mitigate your risk but usually yeah usually but there are times when the dice just say no um you know i as an example first game i I watched you roll triple sixes (laughs) (laughs) um this the second game got worse (laughs) trevor's family fortunes took a bad turn right then Yeah, the second the second game got worse. I mean, honestly, I had multiple games where I I thought I was mitigating my risk with the appropriate number of dice, and still ended up rolling trash and having you know things flipped. And you could say, well, you didn't mitigate enough to make it a sure thing. Um, but the truth is, is with dice, you can never yeah. mitigate it enough to make it a sure thing. Right. Can, well, you also you can buy forty dice and roll all sixes on. You know, it's, you also can't afford to. Yeah, spend mitigate the, that the company's entire budget to yeah, yeah you, but that you can't spend uh six pounds to make four pounds yeah or you yeah. should probably yeah that that's very true and but i think that um i i hate to has i hesitate to call it full-on meritrash because yeah, that's what i say it only because, leans into that be, column because you do know what the return is in most situations and it's just a matter of how much are you willing to put in, to, how greedy are you, and how, or how much risk are you willing to take? And as a guy who works in risk management every day, it's it's enticing to me. And I love risk management games. I, I love Raw is a good example of a risk management game where you can push your luck, yeah. um, but you really have to decide, is this worth it or can I just take what I've got? And so any, anyway, I, 
I I totally understand how how you can feel because um, some people don't like that element. Um, yeah, it was. It is painful to to you know spend three pounds to earn five pounds, uh, and then roll straight sixes and make zero pounds. You know, have <laughs> yeah, lost yeah. lost three and gained nothing. I guess the reason why I started out with that was because I guess it it seemed interesting to me that if if we started talking straight out the gate about you know this is a game where we are running the East Indian Trading Company. I think most people would have an assumption about what yeah. type of game it is. Yeah, you're Cause, right. Because because right, right, right. I did going into it, and then it turns out uh, when the game was over that <laughs> that it was not that type of game necessarily, which, yeah. which yeah. isn't an issue. To, to be it's, fair, I I probably came in with a similar similar feeling to you. You had actually a, done homework on this. <laughs> y- yes, I I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, knowing the designer, knowing some of his previous efforts, knowing which the I theme, mean, just tell the people that's things like Root and Oath and Pax Pamir, right? I mean, like, right. I I, I was a little, um, but the part we're not mentioning is that that this is he did not completely design this. He designed the second edition, right? The first edition was designed by somebody else. He, uh yeah i didn't remember that but i maybe i'm wrong but i, I thought just like pax premier he did not design the original pax premier uh, he redesigned it for its second edition and changed it considerably but okay but he did not design pax premier i'm gonna look this up while you're while we are carrying on okay well so so trevor i guess now that we've spent you know 15 minutes uh, discussing the category of the game, do you want to give? I, I'm um, wrong. He did design the first edition of the game. Of, of but what you're not wrong about is there were significant changes between. Yes, there were significant changes. Okay, sorry, Jay. What did you just say? I said now that we've talked 15 minutes about the category of the game, do we want to <laughs> give a, an overview of the game itself? Sure. Um, so in in the game, you go through what I would call periods or ages or years of the East India Trading Company. Um, there will be various phases, and you follow the phases every year. Um, the first phase, your your first couple of phases, you're basically doing things in London. Um, you're assigning um, your resources. You're trying to figure out what to do. And then you do basically what I would say is the company phase where you go through and do things based on uh, company leadership, which um, gets assigned from the things that you did in the first phase. So the first company role is like the CEO, basically the chairman of the board. Um, And then they kind of assign other roles and then those roles assign other roles. And each of those roles has actions they can take. And some of those actions involve um, company administration, some of those actions involve administration in India, uh, whether it be um, governorship or presidentship of sections of India, or whether it be military actions. And and we'll get into it, but this is, this is um, a very much uh, colonialism style game. And if that offends you, then we highly recommend you don't play. Um, if you're playing it because um, you like to... Um, uh, you know, enslave people. We revisit dark times in in human history. Yeah. No, no, no. If you like to enslave people, we recommend that you go get help. If you like yeah. to revisit dark times in history, then then maybe this is the game for you. Um, it, you know, if you like it for the historical value. Anyway, I don't want to get into that yet. We'll get into it later. But um, and then and then the last phase 
is sort of a resolution cleanup. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember some of the phases in, in that section. Help there's upkeep, there's upkeep, there's revenue and expense, you know, gaining yeah, revenue, just, paying expenses for the company. And then, and then there's the, which is to me is the cherry on top of this game. There's the parliament phase. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot about where the you phase. pass a law and the negotiations are both hot and heavy and, Mistakes can be made <laughs> and fortunes and careers can be shattered in a moment. Yeah, and it, the 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 political phase feels like a lot like um, TI four political phase, but ramped up a little bit, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and like ramped up partly, I felt like because I think there's more options than you see in a TI three political or TI four political phase, and the the laws like they actually do have a significant in game effect. It feels like to me. They can, yes. Yeah. Some some of them not as much as others. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. But but um, sometimes it feels like the law that you're voting on in TI4 is has little to no impact. I rarely felt that situation here. Right. It always it always felt like the law ha- is going to have some sort of impact. And and part of that is really the mechanic of like the prime minister, you know, whoever has that role in the game, they are like they're sort of playing a push your luck game of turning over more laws. Like they can turn over up to three. And there are some laws that if they turn them over, they have to do that law. But other than that, they have some, you know, agency and like, okay, this is going to be the law, and this is, you know, the tax or the benefit that's going to kind of be tacked on to the law. I mean, there's just like some cool decision points there, and that's part of what makes it more robust than a TI4 political phase. Yeah, and the the bonus that the um, prime minister chooses, or the tax, or whatever it is, he gets to choose where it's going to go or what's going to happen. That that is part of the vote. Like it, it impacts yeah, all yeah. the players at the table. And I guess the part that makes it better than TI4, as far as political game is concerned, is that if the prime minister fails, he loses the job. It goes to somebody else at the table and that makes, it raises the stakes considerably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And then, and then it's rinse repeat. Um, there's, I think there's four scenarios that the game ships with and, um, you know, the scenario that we played was basically five turns. So you rinse repeat for five turns or less in some cases. And the other scenarios, I think the longest scenario might be a 10 turn scenario. I will also mention that this is a co-op competitive in that you're trying yeah. to earn the most um, points. Prestige. Fame yep. and money mm-hmm. and other things. Um, but the company itself, if it fails... Um, I, it's, I shouldn't call it co-op competitive because if the company fails, it just, it just triggers a earlier, um, victory point count. Yeah. It it means that some people might score points in a different way, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't indicate that everyone loses, which is normally what a co-op competitive does. Yeah. I'm kind of curious on what you guys think on this part of it. So first off, I will say that this is a genre of games that I find pretty interesting um, another example of um, a game that we've played that has kind of the similar feel is is one where we were playing um, in the the Roman Empire and we're we're trying to keep the Roman Empire running together, um, but we were still trying to look over our own self-interested uh, things with while doing that and. And if you are too greedy, if everyone's too greedy, then, you know, the empire falls to barbarians. A la Josh. 
<laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and, we've, we've played multiple fun, games like this. Republic yeah. of Rome is the one that Jay's talking about, and the one we more recently played was Founding Fathers. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the thing that I guess the question I had with this was you so in in this game if you uh if the game ends early then like Trevor said you you it's not a everybody loses scenario it's a we're going to go to end game scoring and and see who has the highest score and who won um do you do you like that or do you think it, you would like it better if it was a uh, we're all losers and there's there's no winner if you don't get to the end of the scenario um, I liked it. I liked it more that there's still winners because the other way that you're talking about where like we're all losers, it just changes the incentives, right? Like the fact that you could still win because you hedged your bets against the company and did just enough to, you know, feather your own nest while the company burned in flames. I, I just, it, it, I like it the seems, structure there. It seems like if you got familiar enough with the game that there could definitely be scenarios where someone's like, you know what? I'm, I think if the game ended right now that, um, I would win. And so therefore I'm going to try to destroy the company. Yeah. I think you could potentially see scenarios of that. So the second game that we played, uh, w without Jay, cause he needed to leave. Um, we, we examined it at the end and and we sort Trevor and I were sort of saying like, okay, if we had made a different decision point one turn ago and tried to tank the company, you know, then my dad would not have won. And we were looking at it going, holy cow, that would it, like, it, it isn't just a binary decision of I'm, I, I'm taking mm -hmm. the company or I'm supporting the company. Like <laughs> there are some roles that would have to go your way. I think regardless, right. you right. know, right. like right. there's enough chaos built into this system that you, you would have to ride the avalanche just right to not get buried. But, but I, there are absolutely those scenarios, Jay, where all of a sudden at least one or two players are going to go. It is in my best interest, you know, for none of this to ha go well, basically. The, the most interesting part of that, I think, is that it is is it is a complex machine going on at the table. The the company right. does a good job of recreating an actual company and forcing the company to tank is it is a big rolling lumbering machine, and to get it to tank is not easy. Um, <laughs> it is it, it's funny because it's also it not easy to get it to succeed. <laughs> yeah, to get it to succeed is not easy either, and it feels like. Um, without the possibility of victory in the company's defeat, um, I think everyone would probably just make the right decisions to keep the company afloat. And it would never, some of the tension would never be there. Or you would never consider going the other direction. I actually like it. And I think you, if you'll remember in Republic of Rome, I believe there's times will, where you want to tank the country as well and allow um, you to be basically named dictator multiple times. Um, to become dictator for life. That's, I mean, that's the goal of the, of the game is to become dictator for life. Um, so, you, you know, you're trying to cross the Rubicon, so to speak. And so um, it is sort of similar here in a way that you're, you may, you want, I like the option of trying to force the company to tank at the right time. And, and the truth is, is that what happened in the game that Josh and I and his father played is that I feel like both Josh and I sort of mismanaged the company um, for, for several rounds. I thought he was going to fail. It's not and my then, fault. And then we, we hand the reins over to his father, basically going, 
you know, we're, we're basically handing him, you know, the crashing ship into, you know, into the iceberg. And we're like, we're going to make you responsible for all this. And then he recovered <laughs> and like, it's like amazingly so well <laughs> to the point that, that he, like he destroyed us. He's, he's scoring all types of victory points, recovering yeah. the company. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Scored, like the scored. company made more money than we ever could have conceived of, basically. Yeah, it it was it was ugly, um, honestly. I mean, we in hindsight, I think that in time, um, you'll be able to when you learn the intricacies of the game, you that won't happen as often. I feel like that was sort of because we didn't understand the. Mechanics yeah, you would quite say so. things like, "Josh, you you imbecile. He has all the <laughs> presidencies. Don't give him the chairmanship." <laughs> um, you know, but uh, you know, we we handed him. Uh, basically all the reins and none of the money and he was able to take the little money we had put it in the right locations and make serious bank like we we totally screwed up we just basically thought we were handing him a crashing ship and instead we we were giving it to him right at the you know the 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 teeter-totter of risk where he just he won it all yeah and we, we there was no, at that point the game was over josh looked up to me and he said you know, we've we've screwed up. We've handed in the game. <laughs> we die. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it was that moment, 100%. <laughs> okay, well, so enough of this boring second game. Let's, let's talk about the super interesting, glorious first game. What happened in that <laughs> one? Let's, let us indeed. Let us speak of failure and fires. <laughs> uh i have i actually the mistakes were many in the first game as well yeah well i don't yeah. remember where did we fail so so the first game i mean the short where did is, things go wrong yeah okay, so, so the we first game three rounds because the company failed yeah so the first game failed in multiple reasons i think the first reason is we were we mismanaged risk so we spent too much money trying to mitigate risk i feel like and ended up and in some cases spent too much and it failed yeah, right, right, right. Like so we were, consequently, we just did not make enough money. As yeah, we as, were we were not making enough money. Additionally, I don't think we realized how badly the 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 company was being steered. I mean, we kind of did, but we didn't realize how how badly it was going. Like in hindsight, <laughs> clearly like, some of us knew more than others. At in, Jay, yeah, in hindsight, I'm like, holy crap, we just ran the company straight into the ground from the beginning. Like it was just, it was like we didn't even veer up. Like if you no, saw the yeah. the stock price, I'm not even sure we East pulled India, on the stick. Yeah, the East India Trading Company's um stock price just went. It was like just a, a cliff, a free fall. <laughs> yeah, free fall off. We didn't even turn around at any point. And then the other part that we screwed up on is the Jay was the um uh, oh this is prime minister <laughs> was the prime minister, and we never once tried to get it out of his hand. Not yeah, not with any real effort let's put it that way yeah so he remained the prime minister while we ran our company into the ground game <laughs> and surprise surprise the guy in political power wins like you know i i in hindsight it, it it's also clear to me now <laughs> <laughs> i mean what was interesting too is the other thing that jay did well and i, I don't know that he, I, when i looked at jay he was not being super intentional like he wasn't doing it because he thought it was winning strategy, but he basically ran the military for the company the whole, all three rounds, you know? And so, oh, he I mean, I, his nest with that pretty good. Yeah. I, I basically 
started the game was like, you know, I don't really know anything about this game or what's going on, but it seems like the, the things that I was dealt strengths in at the start of the game, I'm going to try to play towards these. And so that was, you know, what I, I tried to do. I think that's a game. good a good thing. But you also, the, the, the flip side is I was dealt some cards that, um, so I was dealt cards that gave me great positions of power and very little money. And as a first time player, I had no clue how to deal with that power. Um, and, you know, so I, th- I think if I were to go back and play the same position today that I would be in much better shape, but I still think that right. it's, it's pretty hard. I, I think going forward, I think, and this is my recommendation to anybody who plays this game after you play the first game, I think from there on out, you should draft. I agree actually. Yeah. I just think that it won't that it, take that much longer. I mean, yeah, it, it I agree. might, it, it might add yeah. three yeah. minutes to your setup, but I think it will, yeah, it will give you a more robust uh, play experience. Yeah. So, so go ahead, Trevor. I was just say, right, let's, let's talk about the colonialism of the game because okay. I think that it's, yeah. I think that yeah, it's, I think it's important. It's relevant. It's important. Um, and it's going to turn some people off. Um, for others, it won't, but it is something we need to address. So we finished the game and um and while I appreciated the game and, and I was glad that I got to play this with my friends, there's also part of me that I was it I it's it's not going to be like one of my, you know, top ten games or whatever. Um and part of that and I've I've tried thinking, you know, we talked a little bit about it after the game and I've tried thinking some about it since the game as well. Um and and part of it is related to the theme like for example um you are like some of the actions are literally looting provinces in india or yeah putting down revolts in india with military um and or you are you know doing an action to try to make money but then your bonus of it is that you're going to get a graft and then that's going to help your family get additional money and prestige and et cetera. And so, um, you're, you're literally exploiting the industry and people of India to, to further yes. your, your, your family's position. Yes. And so I, I said literally, but I don't mean, I mean, figuratively. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good point. Good point. Sorry. I live with a bunch of teenagers. I can't help myself. <laughs> so it, it was just, you know, I, I think Trevor or, or Josh, one of you asked if I would, if it would have felt different if, um, you know, if this had been instead of themed off of India, if it was we were running a space uh, combine that was that was we were in business together. Um, and I, I think that would probably make me enjoy it more. But as I've thought more about it, I think part of also what is. Um, I think this kind of ties back to what I, the discussion about what category this game goes into um, for me, because I think that I kind of instinctually, when I started realizing that this is kind of more of, or it has some Ameritrash aspects to it, mm-hmm. there are part of the fun for me of Ameritrash games a lot of times is that um, there's almost like a role-playing aspect of it. Right. And the thought of role-playing running a space empire is a lot more appealing to me than role-playing a colonizer who is uh, ravaging India. 
British, <laughs> British Lord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, British I, I mean, to, on pay on paper, you're totally correct. Like, like I totally agree. Like, if somebody said we we have we're playing an RPG tonight, you have two choices: you can play a space colonizer, or you can play you know a British colonizer in the East India Trading Company. I mean, there really isn't any choice. There's no reason why you would ever pick the British colonizer. You would always pick space. Yeah. Or fantasy. I mean, Jay did say it the other day, and it made me think a lot after the game. I'm like, because you know, this is again the designer who brought us things like Oath and Root. Right. And you, this could reskin into a anthropomorphic animal fantasy land. It could be in Root. It could be in the same world. Right. Oh, jeez. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and uh, and you would lose very little, I think. So I do think you would lose some, and and here I'm going to defend, and I I sometimes hate being on this side, but this this type of game I love. The three of honestly, I haven't played enough of this game yet, but but uh, this style of game just ends up being in my top whatever quickly. So Republic of Rome, Founding yeah. Fathers, Jaw <laughs> Company, they are all very similar in their right. style and what they're right. trying to the feeling they're trying to portray, and they're all historical, and honestly, they all involve colonialism and slavery terrible human people correct um so i i guess i'm i'm not in love with the theme on well i do enjoy the rome theme quite a bit and i do enjoy the, yeah, yeah. the old america theme and i enjoy those themes more than this one i i will say that as well hmm. this is my least yeah. favorite theme of the three however i do like um learning about and figure i i knew very little about british's uh, the British's involvement in, in India, um, you know, other than what I've read in some related books, um, like, uh, you know, Secret Garden, I guess, is an example. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, you know, so I, I don't know a whole lot about it. And so my my basis in history comes from board games in many cases. And that's not a good you know way to learn history, I'll, I'll admit. But it is it is a fun way to open your horizons and find out more about history and then ha- and then go somewhere else and learn more about it. History is ugly. It's bad. If you're not embarrassed by it, you're not really learning it. So, you know, I am embarrassed by the histories that these things portray in some cases, but I still enjoy um, learning about it or portraying it in, in board game form. So, well, well and do, I don't want do Trevor feel to feel, like, go ahead, Jay, sorry. Do you feel like uh, the, that the game was effective at, teaching you some things about this uh this period yeah yeah i i mean i didn't so one of the things that's interesting is is india itself is not unified at this time um and so some of the fights that go on on the board are india fighting india not necessarily the british fighting uh, you know india and um i i didn't really know that i guess i you know you learn quite a bit about the history now did i learn tons am i going to be able to go out and you know uh, a dissertation. Make a dissertation on on <laughs> indian history heck no not at all but it does it, it would if if a movie about the time period were to come up i would have more interest into it in it now than i did prior and I'd be more likely now to pick up a book about this period in history than I would have been prior because of this board game. So is is that part of it successful? I think so. And to to tie back real quick to what I was saying before, there's there's part of me that is curious if, say for example, this game did not have the dice rolling, mm-hmm. and if it felt more of a pure Euro game, if I wouldn't have felt as much of a recoil or distaste to it because 
it wouldn't necessarily have the feeling of me assuming this kind of this role playing aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. interesting because like there are quite a few games, Euro games that we've played in our history that are at least near or adjacent to this history. Like I'm thinking of Goa. We talked about Puerto Rico at one point in time. I mean, the yeah. truth is like a lot of the trading in the Mediterranean's, you know, like this this theme, quote unquote, is in there. Yeah, especially obviously like I, I'm curious if I were to uh you know, Puerto Rico was one of my first Euro games I ever played and I played a ton of it. Um and I'm curious and and I it didn't even really like blip on the radar for me at the time. Uh some of the the things that are going on with the theming of that game. Um, and I'm curious if it would, if I were to play that now and what my reaction would, would be to it. But, but there's part of me that thinks that part of, part of why I had issues uh, with John company was because it did feel a little bit more Ameritrash than I expected. So that's a uh, hard, you know, that's a hard thing to answer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I I can definitely see that you you are definitely taking um, a more active, personalized role yeah, in the actions um, of what's going on um, than you are in some of those other games where really yeah, and, you're making mechanical well, choices. And I mean, I guess really another aspect of it is that, and and I mean, I guess this is potentially to the credit of John company, but in a lot of Euro games, the theming is, it is very light. It could really, you know, you're trading spices in the Mediterranean, but it could really be almost anything. It's really, yeah, the, the mechanics, the are mechanics taking, are, yeah, they're taking are what, center stage. Yeah. What is the focus of this? And there were a lot of times in, in it, the, in, in John company where, you know, that wasn't the case. This wasn't, a feeling of I'm, I'm doing something of mechanics. It was feeling like you're actually playing a colonial British Lord. So at least for myself. Well, I want to say one, I want to add one thing in this conversation so that Trevor doesn't feel like he's alone in as, as the apologist, right? Because I, I think we talked about this a little bit. I, I said, you know, I think Jay's concerns are totally valid. I can, I could totally understand, you know, that, that being a, a, a concern or a turnoff to people. But, but I had to admit that like part of what drew me to purchase this game with the Kickstarter metal coins and, you know, be hyped up to get my coasts to come try it, you know, was the, the examination of history. Like it, it was the designer. It was that I could tell as I had watched some playthroughs and read some reviews that it was going to have the kind of chaos that just, you know, makes me salivate. And, it, I, I will I will agree with with Trevor that you know the the theming of playing consoles in Rome um, is is more interesting to me even though really if you uh, look you any look, deep, look with a critical eye of that yeah if you, if you look any deeper it's not like uh, Rome was <laughs> any better this, than Britain yeah well, they were honestly probably they were worse. the great grandfather of Britain yes yeah. yeah. What yes. like, yeah, I mean they were they enslaved everyone. They yes. you know all the people all the time. Yeah, it, it's they did some very horrible things. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we are we're starting to get to time on the episode. What what speed round? Are we grading this thing or what? We want to grade it or do we want to give final thoughts? What what do you what do you want to do? Oh, let's do a quick grade. Just we'll just go through the categories okay. quickly. All right. Okay. 
design uh for me it is a nine for art style the the mechanics filled with chaos like i'm the target audience for all of this i and i would love it if it were set in the root world i won't even pretend like i would so there you go um i do like the setting the setting could be a little bit better i do like the risk management i i like the way that it handles the randomness it's right up my alley as far as what type of game um and i do feel like having seen the original version and some some in intermediate versions um on youtube um i think he's refined it to a, a high degree however i'm going to dock a little bit for the theme and for the randomness um because while i do like it it's still a detractor so i'm gonna sure. give it an, i'm gonna give it an eight okay jay i'm 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 going to shock trevor and give it a nine Jeez. because <laughs> i actually i actually do think that it's it's a well designed game yeah okay uh the next category would be time management i actually am giving this higher marks than i expected to because we got up and started at seven because we thought we were going to need five to six hours to play and you could you could potentially need five to six hours but it was like <laughs> um we ended up playing two games of it because the first game ended a little bit unexpectedly but i don't think it would be that unusual that things could go um you know down main, that way here's here's my main uh i mean counter to that josh is that you know things worked out in this instance to where you could do two games fairly quickly but there also could be like kind of the random happenstances it, it feels like to where it goes a fair bit longer than what you expect yeah I, I think that is fair but so i that's why i'm not giving it the highest marks but it, it, it is above average enough that it's a seven for me on time management uh go ahead trevor so I am going to give it high marks here, and this is the reason. Its competitors, Republic of Rome and Founding Fathers, are way longer and way overstay their welcome in comparison. Not, <laughs> not, not that I don't love them. Yeah, yeah. But Republic you like of Rome, the overstaying of the welcome. I, I do in this particular situation, but Republic of Rome especially is way too long. And Founding Fathers helps that. It's, it's much shorter, and it, it, is, it is a good length for this style of game but john company takes all of that and packs it into a smaller time frame and and really does a great job of it so for me this is a 10. i realize it's a long game and for people who don't like long games it is absolutely not your cup of tea but if you're looking for this if you're looking for this style of game you know these are the three options this manages the time the best uh jay your time management thoughts um i'll go with the seven all right i like it so repeatability it's a solid nine for me. I, I want more plays of this. I, I basically am trying to infect more people in the world with the desire to play it so that I can more easily gather. You know, one thing I'll say on time management, which kept me from going higher, is I am curious to play a six-player game of this to see uh. how, how, how bad does it get, right? Uh, yeah, that's fair. My grade might go down if we play the six-player game. <laughs> right. But anyway, it's a nine for me on repeatability. Trevor? Um, it's a 10 for me right now, and maybe that's just because I'm hot and heavy for it currently. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably going to go down a little bit. It's one of those games where you can only probably handle so much of it. I mean, you can't, it's like Republic ah. of Rome. You can't play back to back to back games of Republic. Of, you have to temper yourself. Yeah. Um, sure. but I do have a, a high level of repeatability. Like it is, if, if you said, let's play a board game today, I'd say it, I won't do it unless it's John company. <laughs> I love it. Jay? Um, Yeah. I'll but no, number-wise, I'm going to give it a 7 or 8. Okay, unrepeatability. Uh, okay, so fun. Like, 
I, I I have to give this a 10. Like it would be unfair for me to not give this a 10. Like the, the fact that this creates moments where, you know, Trevor looks across the table at me and is like, I literally just made the worst mistake I've ever made in my board gaming history. I will never make a deal with you again. Like, I know that's partly me and it's partly my fault, but the game just tees up those kind of moments. Right. The, <laughs> I love the chaos. I love the failure as much as I love the success. I mean, when Trevor rolls triple sixes, I can't help but giggle. So this thing, and 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 I will admit, like this is a failing of mine. Like I, I'm I'm able to not have the theme sort of like pull down my fun meter, I guess, and it probably should. But there you go. Um, uh, for fun, I think I'll go with a seven. All right. Um, so for me, fun is going to be a nine, only because I actually think I have more fun with Founding Fathers. So I'm going to grade it in that scale, you know, sure. against, okay. against those other games. But part of that, that is that you do connect to the theme more in Founding Fathers, right? Yeah, Founding Fathers. I'm with Jay a little bit here. I, I Trying to stop slavery or trying to save the, the U.S. country is more of a um, an interesting RPG thematic theme to me than doing what you do in Junk. You know, that that does, don't get me wrong, it does bleed a little bit into my thought process. It's just not as much as it does for other people to the point where it's distasteful to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I Founding Fathers is, I, I, I'm attached to it more. It's more interesting to me. That's the 10 in this type of game. Republic of Rome would be if the mechanics were better. I, I would, that's the theme I would latch on to by far the most. Um, but it's just not as fun as these other two. Um, so, but I still... I had a lot of fun. It's a nine for me. Okay. Uh, so then the overall, I mean, this is where I will probably let the caution about the theme pull my score down a little bit. I, I'll give it a nine overall. Um, I'm super happy with the purchase. Like, I think I said it early on, like, I'm basically trying to decide if I can. There are several of my child, my older children who I could get to play this with me, but do I pack it on a plane and haul it? I mean, I think it would be half my luggage weight. So that's that's part of my challenge there. But I also don't think your family would. Well, maybe I'm wrong. My right. older kids would. Yeah. But like, you I, think I would, so? Uh, yes, a couple of them. Although, well, some of them would definitely have Jay's reaction to the theme, which would be interesting to process, I guess. So anyway, it's still a nine for me overall. Go ahead, Trevor. Uh, it's only an eight for me. Um, I think. The more I think about the randomness, the more I wish that it had been redesigned to the point where that could have been limited. More mitigated? Out. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. I do like the risk mitigation, but um, I I would have maybe have liked some way to to have a greater degree of risk mitigation to the point where you could almost eliminate it if you're willing to pay the price. And I, you kind of are, I guess. But it just bugs me in the back of my head that I'm like, if I roll these five dice, I could roll straight fives and sixes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so I'm I'm gonna go probably with an eight, and uh, it feels like I've been critical of the the game. Um, I do think it's well designed, as I said. I think this goes back to um, one of my I guess board gaming character flaws in that um, I think that I finished the game and and was like you know i enjoyed this game i was glad i played it with my friends but it's kind of an opportunity cost issue for me where mm, yeah i'm like i could have played twilight imperium with my friends instead <laughs> yeah which i probably would have enjoyed more sure yeah. yeah that's a fair point uh so i guess this can sort of be final thoughts but you know 
audience. I mean, I think you have to be, you definitely have to be a certain breed of person and gamer to take interest in this. You need to enjoy uh, even beyond the theme. Like if the theme turns you off, then don't even worry about it. Just find another game. Right. If, If the theme is not turning you off and you're willing to try it, you still have to be willing to like negotiation, bribery, pushing your luck, um, voting, um, negotiating, chaos. chaos. Like this is, there's so much social about this game that has nothing to do with the mechanics. Political machinations. Yeah. If you're not interested in those things whatsoever, then you need to turn around right now. It is also quite complex. So as Josh put it, it is, um, you, it does take a very specific and special type of gamer that wants to do a four plus hour game with heavy mechanics and difficulty of understanding how to win. And on top of that, uh, negotiation, bribery, social aspects. Um, yeah, which I mean, to me, you're like, all of those are singing my song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's a solid go for me, Trevor, go, no go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Go. And Jay, where does it come down in the end? Um, I mean, I'm still glad that I played it. So <laughs> I like I that. would I, I guess I would say go. I'll call it a qualified go from Jay. Yeah. Okay. A go if there's nothing else available. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> go, but why why aren't you playing Twilight Imperium instead? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably uh, not probably not fair, but all right. Well, um normally I say at this point, let us know what you think of, of this game, but I'm assuming that None of our listeners have played this game, nor will they. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this will maybe this will inspire you to uh, check the game out, and we'd love to uh, hear it if it does. There you go. 